welcome travelers of the multiverse as Fantastic Geek Chronicles What If on Disney+. Plus. We are the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me is the Party Time Excellent variant version of Pete. Hello, Party Time Excellent Pete. Release the phone. The Marvel Movie Podcast by Fantastic Geek for What If Episode 107, What If Thor Were an Only Child, is brought to you by Scoot Goots. We're keeping them. Pete, in perhaps the most fun and effervescent week of What If, let's talk about some fun and effervescent Disney news. Uh, some places acted like the recent discussion of Disney Plus Day was a new announcement. Uh, it was announced a while ago. However, re-announced that on November 12th it will be Disney Plus Day. Uh, the, I think, surprising to us, uh, resilient box office numbers for Shang-Chi means that the tentative release date to Disney Plus uh, for Shang-Chi has moved from October to Disney Plus Day. There's also going to be uh, the second season of that uh, quite fun Jeff Goldblum, Nat Geo show uh, and other things. So Pete, celebration everywhere, right? Uh, and that's, of course, leading out because it's part of the Fantastic Geek family of podcasts. The Boba Fett legacy uh, update um announcement that's going to come on that day on disney plus day which definitely portends for the christmas 2021 release of the book of boba fett which matt is still in denial of pete i look forward on disney plus day to them sharing this you know boba fett special or retrospective and so forth and really hammering home the exciting announcement that the book of boba fett will uh come in i'm gonna say the third wednesday in january 2021 um regardless uh uh pete longtime listeners will know that uh we have taken more than a number of well-earned pot shots at cbs all access slash paramount plus and that whole operation over there Star Trek Inc. a year and a half ago was starting to normalize, you know, first contact day and Star Trek day as a, frankly, a promotional uh, point. And I, I kind of feel a little bit like, okay, Disney Plus day is going to be fun. It's a nice opportunity to release stuff and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I also kind of feel like, hey, CBS All Access slash Paramount Plus have been doing this for a while. Welcome to the party, Disney. As we're recording, as Netflix is doing this. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Pete, can we keep the good news rolling here? Of course. Great. Pete, Disney is suing the families of Steve <laughs> Ditko and Stan Lee in order to maintain copyright awesome. of some Marvel characters. America's most beloved corporation is doing great with CEO Bob Chapek. It's just, you know, yesterday, Matt, as I uh, informed him before he found out, um, there was a four-hour line for Rise of the Resistance in uh, Disney World. And then this happens. So, yeah, talk about tone deaf. It's an interesting time, I think, in the Mouse House. And uh, I don't know, time will tell. I think there's a reason, Pete, we don't do a whole lot of kind of Wall Street news. But I, Pete, sometimes when you're at the top of the peak, you go boy, this is a great top of the peak. And then all of a sudden you realize what's on the other end of the peak, which is not more peak. But uh, I suppose time will tell for all of it. 
When we catch you up on what went down, Darcy Lewis flicks peanuts into a mug as Dr. Jane Foster dozes in a van in the New Mexico desert when an alarm goes off. Foster calls S.H.I.E.L.D. to speak to the director because she believes an alien invasion is imminent, but she is hung up on. Two years ago, the same anomaly struck Star Alpha Icarus, and it disintegrated. But the Parks Department doesn't seem to care, as the Rainbow Bridge opens in Las Vegas, where the party prince arrives. The Watcher explains relationships truly define a hero. In this universe, Odin returned Loki to his people on Jotunheim. Without his trickster brother, Thor grew into a very different prince. As the Odin sleep sets in, Queen Frigga is off to her sisters to celebrate the solstice, and Thor gets his first taste of kinghood with explicit orders for no parties because Heimdall will be watching. So he, Sif, and the Warriors Three sneak off to party on Midgard. Scourge arrives, sands his stuff. Jane and Darcy identify the first extraterrestrial to arrive. As some scrolls sim Thor, Jane introduces herself as the Grandmaster and Topaz enjoy cake. She asks if he had anything to do with Alpha Star Icarus, which he said was an excellent party where they lost Andral for three days and found him curled up in a barn with a baby goat named Gary. Darcy goes to happy hour with Howard the Duck as DJ Grandmaster releases the foam. Nebula asks Korg to blow on her dice because Mama needs a brand new eye. Volstag crashes a water jetpack into a fountain as Drax and Valkyrie look on. Darcy and Howard the Duck are married by Elvis. Thor and Jane get tattoos. The next morning, everybody's sleeping the party off as Jane is awakened in her hotel room by S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Brock Rumlow and Rocket Raccoon slumbers in a sink. Foster answers the door for acting S.H.I.E.L.D. director Maria Hill, who already has Darcy and needs them to eliminate the alien threat. She explains director Nick Fury was knocked out by Korg the night before. Aboard a helicarrier, Agent Phil Coulson informs Hill the party atmosphere is spreading to Canada, Mongolia, and even Pennsylvania Dutch country. Rumlow brings Hill the last resort, Fury's beeper to contact Carol Danvers. In Paris, Thor poses with some sovereign as his brother from another mother, Loki, arrives. Danvers appears over France to tell Thor to clean his mess and leave Earth. They brawl, and he smacks her to Stonehenge. She punches him into an American desert where they fight to a draw. Back aboard the helicarrier, Thor calls Jane, and Hill sidelines her and Darcy. Jane calls to find him in China when Loki answers and drops the phone. Darcy inspires Jane to call Frigga on Thor as the ice bros wreak havoc around the globe and Surtur melts the torch off the Statue of Liberty before bringing down an entire power grid. Danvers intercepts Thor before he slides down the Sydney Opera House as Eric Selvig assists Jane in contacting Heimdall. 
Hill arms nukes as Jane is transported to Frigga. She contacts Thor, who tells her he and his study group came to Earth for a cultural exchange. She's cutting her trip short, and Hill calls off the nukes. Loki is about to turn the St. Louis Arch into the universe's greatest slingshot. As Heimdall sends Frigga toward Earth, the Ice Bros bounce as Drax boots and rallies to tell Thor it is he who is pooping the party. Yondu, Mantis, Meek, and everybody else make their exit. Grandmaster and Topaz steal scooters while Nebula tells Thor she thinks she hears her father calling. Thor enlists the assistance of his fellow extraterrestrials to undo the damage they caused and even fix the Leaning Tower of Pisa before Frigga arrives, but his ruse is almost upheld. He returns to thank Jane with flowers and ask her on a date as the Watcher is surprised to see Ultron arrive with the Infinity Stones and Vision inside to spoil a happily ever after. Pete, that alarm brings to our attention these divergences here. What has changed and would we keep these changes? Pete, let's start with that ending. Is the Zinger ending really necessary? Does this episode need to be a kind of emotional you know, I know it's not literally the case, but an emotional, you know, to be continued smash cut to black. And why can't we just end with party on dudes and dudettes and other folks? That the watcher is as taken aback as as we are uh, to that ending that they can't have the happy, you know, carefree ending we thought we were getting to easily the most comedic. Um, what if to this point and a lot of uh, people pointing to, okay, that's a bleed over from another reality that they're going to cross over, that this is going to be the thing that either gets Dr. Strange Supreme to unite these, you know, heroes of the multiverse to take this on. I mean, look, is there the story possibility for that? Sure. I just don't think there should be. I think that this is something that, you know, they're they're keeping this, these episodes so close to the vest. If I was, you know, if I was an executive at Marvel, I would have been lobbying up until Thursday at midnight, you know, Thursday, the stroke of midnight Pacific time to just cut that ending and to sit and, you know, Quick, get Jeffrey Rush into a shoe closet uh, to say, you know, and sometimes there really are happy endings. And just let it be a happy ending. We've had some of the most um, emotionally um, draining, let's say for the characters, uh, Marvel stories in the last month out of What If. Again, none of it, I don't think any of it has left us, you know, like, oh my goodness, it's it, it's Bambi's mother, but now I'm an adult. You know, it hasn't been that rough for us on this side but they've they've gone through the the process of being emotionally challenging let's just let party thor be party thor in a world that knows how to get to you know get together come together a little bit better after a party um again if this is the grand setup and the end of the end of season one 
pretend season two where it's the multiverse of multiverses all crossing over fine until then to me this was just a this was a let's be serious at the end when you really you could have gotten away with not being serious not me man i'm leaning into this full tilt um all sorts of attention well vision is inside ultron he's got all of the infinity stones how did he get the soul stone oh he killed wanda right not so says this guy uh explain that more is that because of changes to the timeline and so forth so if he's coming over from their reality it's well before uh ultron um and and vision are created and wanda meets with uh vision and begins that uh relationship so the idea of him going to Vormir and sacrificing Wanda to get the Soul Stone couldn't happen. No, Matt. What happened was Tony Stark got killed again. He's the one that got sacrificed for the Soul Stone. That's a very compelling story. I wish there was an opportunity for Marvel somewhere to do a short form exploration of alternate takes like that. Oh, wait, it's what if. So... If that's where we're headed, let me put it this way, Pete. If next season, maybe this season, if next season we get that episode, well, this ending here is the most, um, the most kind of uh, theory bait, if you will. Kind of, I think all the rest of it, you go, okay, Thor has like a galactic party on Earth, and everything ends up okay in the end. There's not really a lot where you say, so how did this move around, or how does it continue from here? Um, I think that the rabid Marvel fan will have had this discussion enough so if they do tell the very tale that you're talking about next season we're all going to go oh yeah uh, i i heard about that on the podcast or i read a blog about it or you know whatever it might be so i don't know if that's a vote against actually telling the story um but i do think it's a compelling one and they have the place to tell it i just feel like it didn't need to have been told in what if 107 which is a delightful little romp it seems what we still have coming is Gamora donning Thanos armor and the helicopter blade thing he uses in Endgame. So, you know, what if Gamora took her fashion cues from Thanos or whatever that one's going to be? I mean, I have I have been greatly impressed by what they've titled these episodes the most audacious yet simple one being what if zombies <laughs> um but you know whatever that one's going to be called I, I think the moment we knew they were going to a second season based on the in-house reception of the first um you know that it'll be a cliffhanger and you know some possible opportunity to feed into multiverse of madness which we will see in the interim um but matt uh did your precious felinda our precious felinda get a full shout out in this what if episode um if they did then i completely missed it this also a week pete i don't know if we should have mentioned this as news or if it's news that's lack of news but 
uh, within the last week, Chloe Bennett took to Instagram to uh, recount the fact that many people are asking her if she's going to be in the Secret Invasion show, including, um, as she said, I think this was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back for her taking Instagram. Uh, she was in Target uh, buying feminine products and people were interrupting her there. And she was saying, I am not in uh, Secret Invasion. I, I, it's flattering that people want me to be or that the rumor is out there, but I'm not. And essentially her, I think her implied plea being, um, please let me uh, shop for things in in, in privacy. Um, but with that, that I had not seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, and that's 100% true. That's not a bit. That's not enough. No, 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 no. no. And, and just that, you know, she had to interrupt the course of her. It, it must be quite the nuisance that she would have to speak out in that particular context to do it. Um, but, you know, good luck with the Powderpuff Girl. Powerpuff Girls been off. Oh, wait. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so 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 with, with Quake out of the picture in Marvel Studios Disney Plus shows, Pete, give me an update on Felinda, which for those not in the know is the portmanteau of Phil Coulson and Melinda May and their 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 passion. Well, surely you're aware of how Coulson popped up in this episode. I I, I did, and that's that's the source of my next question. But um, uh, did, did Melinda May and I somehow blink and blinked and missed it? She may have. So uh, there's a shot where uh, Captain Marvel and Thor uh, are fighting high above some tropical location where there's. Uh, a woman we see in profile under an umbrella drinking a drink. And a lot of people have said, is that Melinda May? Is this proof that, you know, in what if Felinda is a thing? Well, that I don't know. And we've talked many times before uh, about how it's not just a perceived um, kind of corporate rift. It's down to in the in the um, end game commentary track they start to talk about how Jarvis uh, in, in live action, um, how he's the only one to cross over from Marvel TV as a Marvel TV original and how that's because, oh, it's just a lot of, oh, let's move on to the next scene. Like there's kind of that that spirit to it. But Pete, eight years ago yesterday, as you pointed out, which side note, eight years ago yesterday, at least our yesterday was a Friday, a.k.a. Freya's day, a.k.a. Frigga's day, because for life, Hashtag it's all connected, but uh, unrelated to the actual day of the week, eight, eight years ago yesterday, Coulson's story began anew as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started. Since then, he's had many final outings. Uh, season five was supposed to be the end. Then Captain Marvel was going to be his last um, appearance, albeit, you know, as a, as a flashback story. Season six, season seven, and so forth. Pete, will we just simply get new Coulson adventures, small or big, for the rest of time? We need the what if with just Clark Gregg, you know, headlining that we need to make that happen and, you know, bring in a Disney princess, Matt, a Disney legend in Ming-Na Wen. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we can get Elizabeth Henstridge. I'm sure we can get Ian DeCastiger. Uh, these people are available to voice some things and bring all agents of shield eight years in always in our hearts, definitely canon into what if let me just remind you, Pete, 
was Clark Gregg invited to the Marvel Studios 10th anniversary class photo? He was not. That's because, Matt, he was filming. You're telling you're, you're telling me that they couldn't have given him a day off to go fly, fly in for that picture, fly into Georgia, which side note is crazy now to be like, hey, leave your leave your production bubble, fly across the country to go stand in a warehouse with a bunch of people, including some older people. It, it, but I digress. Um, I think that I don't know. To, to me, if if you're looking for tea leaves, oh, what does you know? What does Marvel Studios think of those shows? That's another knock against it. But Pete, they'll never take the love we have for Shield and for Felinda and so forth. Hey Matt, what if countries on the globe had their names on the map? That was a really fun. That was a really fun affect fun kind of animated flourish i really think that you know could you do that in live action i mean it's vaguely reminiscent of the indiana jones and that's probably coming from you know the 30s and 40s serials but that kind of older style of plane flies and we show it you know dot 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 moving across the map the fact that it's all i'll say in camera here i mean obviously it's animated if you did it for real it would would still be an effect but the fact that it's punch all the way up and you see the countries it just it works seamlessly in animation and it works particularly in this episode the most madcap what if episode that there's been danvers beeper here being used to bring her back to oust thor um proof again of absolute points that being uh, her meeting Nick Fury and establishing this last line of defense. Uh, yes. And I would have, I mean, I'm quickly going over the events of Captain Marvel in my head. I, I suppose that if the, if the point of divergence here is, uh, of course, as the title says, what if, uh, what if Thor was an only child? Presumably he was not, presumably that decision, which, can we say was a thousand years ago, you know, how, however old Thor is presumably that is not intersecting with earth and earth's MCU history until Thor arrives. Therefore we can assume an otherwise cha- uh, unchanged chronology. Those are the really interesting constraints that I like to, to think about what if uh, through those constraints where it's like everything is the same until something is different. And then you kind of need to backtrack fine, it was a long time ago that this one thing changed, but how's it going to impact other things and whatnot? I think that's part of the, it's part of the really fun conceit of this, uh, of this show. Let's check that mailbag for thoughts about this episode. Rolling on over to Twitter. Uh, the tweet, Thor party time, excellent. Which party add-on best captures this week's What If Vote? Pete, I was kind of inspired by what we've been doing over on our Star Trek podcast, which is not doing a four, three, two, one, uh, but instead doing kind of uh, qualities, not quantities. Uh, was the best add-on crudités that got fourteen point seven percent? Was the best add-on foam got fourteen point seven percent? Was it crepes? Pete disappointed to see that that only got eleven point eight percent. I do like me uh, a nice crepe, and I make a pretty decent crepe too. Uh, but I think that was all at the sacrifice of 
uh, sunglasses emoji, Colson Forever, which got 58.8% of the vote. So lots of strength there. Uh, JT Adkins, it's at JTA is me, says they just couldn't leave the happy ending alone. <laughs> so my prediction was kind of right. I'm good with fun for a week. I guess this means Star Trek Lower Decks can be all serious this week's part. This week, party on, dudes! Uh, Pete, he's in luck because uh, tomorrow we're going to be talking about perhaps the most uh, effervescent, grounded, pleasant, uh, rewarding episode of Star Trek Lower Decks, um, which does not feature the surprise return at the end of the Borg with the Klingons and the Romulans. It just kind of lets things be. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Andre Yeager. That's at Dr. Polo1983. Funniest episode of the series so far. Hemsworth is great with comedy. Love the fact that Jane called Thor's mom on him. So funny. Uh, we heard from Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie Wolf on Twitter. Pete, let's not forget. That's Jackie with an I and Wolf with an E at the end. Uh, I don't think I could have taken another episode like the last several. But even so, I could take or leave this episode. Would have preferred an entire episode of Vision with the Infinity Stone. There we go. They're calling for it, Pete. Uh, we heard from James the Sagacious, that's at Big Killin on Twitter, just looking at the opening credits and realizing we live in an alternate dystopian geek universe. What if Marvel casting was a dream? This one was fun. My wife hadn't seen any Marvel TV, but watch this one. When he told her to smile, she wasn't hooked. Only gripe was the Captain Marvel looked off with the animation style. Her powers just seemed flat on screen. Uh, that got a couple of responses. One from uh, What of It? That's at K C L Y L E one. I thought that too. Her powers look so much better in live action. Um, anima- animationos is so great. Maybe it's supposed to be animation and I don't know spell checking got in the way or something. But animation is so great because you can do so much with it, and it was cool, but not uh, as good as the movies. Uh, and that got a reply from. At Bare Naked Joe, it emulated the movies too much and didn't have its own style, which is something that we've talked about uh, before as a uh, as a trend, perhaps on this show. Um, a brand new tweet from uh, What of It K C L Y L E one on Twitter. Not my favorite, but nice to have a lighter episode. Love seeing Captain Marvel so much, and any Coulson sighting is always great. Uh, going from Captain Marvel to our Captain Noel Gardner at Noel Camille. This episode was fun. By the way, Pete, this fun and other funs and other F-words in this tweet threads here, uh, like four uh, with PH. Um, So Noel says, I'll even allow the teen movie got to clean up the party we weren't supposed to have before the parents got home trope. This was definitely the party calm before the Infinity Vision storm. Can't wait to see how they bring everyone together. Uh, And we heard from Spider-Ham Lincoln. That's Tess LC 139 on Twitter, who says, I appreciate the need for levity following the dark what if, uh, dark episodes of what if, but I found Party Thor to be quite a letdown, a ludicrous who's who of cameos. It's easily my least favorite episode so far, with uh, its one saving grace being Infinity Vision and his Ultron army. Pete, that could also be a band name. That's pretty good. Bring on the sequel. Would love to see a what if multiverse Avengers form to face off versus Infinity Vision, Captain Carter, Strange Supreme, Killmonger, Panther, T'Challa, Star Lord, Only Child Thor, Captain Marvel, Zombieverse, Spidey, Hydra, Stomper, etc. Pete, is that what we're headed to? Will we get at the end of season two uh, multiverse Avengers? I can't see how they won't. And, you know, given that mid season trailer they put out 
with some of the things we hadn't seen yet, it it does seem like they're headed in that direction. Uh, and then the last tweet here, another tweet from too early for Halloween names, question mark. That's at Bare Naked Joe, who says uh, in response to the question, uh, which was which party on uh, which uh, party add on best captures the week. Uh, his response was clean shaven Thor. Pete, what do you have over there? On Facebook, Matt, Steve Adams writes in to the Fantastic Geek page. After some heavy episodes the last couple weeks, we needed a lighthearted episode of What If, and this was a very lighthearted, manic, and funny story. The main issue, though, is that it was too comedic at times. Thor Ragnarok went right up to that line and even acted like it was going to go over the line, but ultimately did not. This episode did cross the line into absurdity, though, and it took me out of the story a bit. This was still enjoyable, but just a little bit of restraint would have gone a long way here. But fun was the order of the day here, and fun it was. Until next week, stay fantastic, and he spelled it with the P-H. It seems, Pete, that there's two camps of people for this episode. Those who found the episode was a bit light, but enjoyed the weight of the ending. And then people who found that the episode tone was spot on, at least for what it wanted to be this week and found the ending therefore too heavy. So let me ask you this, Pete, will we get any more ha ha episodes in gulp the remaining two? I don't think so. I I think they're going uh, pretty serious from here on out. Well, time will tell, and seriously supporting us are those who go to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek, keeping our multiverse afloat as we've been uh, talking Marvel low these many weeks, uh, at least on Saturdays and then Sundays, talking Star Trek, uh, continuing to look to now Shang-Chi in November and Hawkeye uh, and Star Trek returning uh, in November as well. Pete, it's going to be We're going to have lots to give thanks for in November. Uh, And as September wraps up here, our thanks to those who give us our support and keep us listener supported. Absolutely. Everybody who contributes to patreon.com slash fantastic geek gets access to exclusive podcast content. Takes just a dollar to get you in that door. Can't contribute this month. Get yourself over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating in seconds on any of our 20 plus uh, family of podcasts leave us a review it takes a little longer but both of those help us so pete let's keep the conversation going how can people talk to you on twitter you find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-l-a-a-r 12,045 followers can't be wrong and while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. If you're here for What If, our Marvel Movie Podcast feed will continue with that next Saturday. If you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, back tomorrow to talk uh, Lower Decks, episode 207. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all the listeners and give you the final word. Don't drink too much. <laughs> <laughs>